Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. We're not going to talk about the numbers anymore because I, I, I just forget them. Um, so yeah, welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I'm Bradley and fresh from his interview with Oprah, Stu. How are you doing, Stu? Not too bad, not too bad. Managing to stay non-racist as I have done for, you know, very many decades. I find it comparatively easy next to the royal family. So yeah, yes. quite happy with that. Like before we go anywhere, right? This whole interview thing, the one, there's loads. I haven't watched it, and I've got a lot on here, um, hearsay and stuff like that. But one of the clips I did here that really made me laugh was when they spoke about um, a, a member of the royal family uh, mentioned about what colour skin or how dark will the skin be of their baby. But they, uh, but within the media, within all the talk shows that I listened to yesterday and stuff like that. So we're recording on the Tuesday, so this was on the Monday in the in the UK. But listening to all the talk shows and the responses going, ah, oh, they should have named who the royal was. Um, if they, you know, if they're going to make these accusations, they should they should name who the royal was. Am I the only one who was sat there going, do they need to name it? Do they need to name who the person was? We all know it's Philip. Well, precisely. No, same in our household. It was just like, hmm, yeah, I wonder who that could be. But it was just like the, oh, you know, they should name it. It could be anyone. Could it? Could it really be anyone? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh-huh. He's The thing is, right, he's the only one who would say it. But I wouldn't be surprised, and in fact, I'm pretty sure that all of them feel it. Do you know what I mean? Well, not all of them, but most of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd go down to sort of like, if you go down to like the kids, like William's age and below, they probably don't think that because, you know, they're modern people. But yeah, it's just like, they're honestly debating this as if to go, they should name the person. Well, no, because you said the person who is should then get a chance to respond. The person who is can't respond. Is that dark? Is that too dark? <laughs> well. No, he'd, he'd be thinking it, wouldn't he? It's in the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, it, 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 but yeah, I, right. So here's the thing, right? I'm hearing people coming up, getting angry. I know I don't care about it, but I'm going to ring up paid phone calls and, and tell people I don't care. So I don't particularly care for the Royals. Don't particularly care about Meghan and Harry. Um, I respect what Harry and even William do, do for uh, the mental health charities. I mean, the revelation apparently came out about how the Royal Doctors wouldn't treat Meghan for her mental health issues is shocking if true and stuff like that but i do respect megan and harry for um like the uh the mental health work that they do do but boy there's a lot of people getting angry about them because they didn't want the life that being a royal gives them and then angry they sold their story and but if you didn't keep buying the papers and fueling it no one would want to sell their story so it's your own fault yeah, it's very odd. The whole the whole situation with royals is so weird. But yeah, yeah, there you go. So from a Game of Thrones, see what I did there. Oh, nice. Uh, because of the royality. What about actual video games too? Because again, I have to live them vicariously through you. Yeah, no, that's fine. And all the ones I play are top tier, of course. So you know, yeah, definitely great. But um, I've actually played a few this week, and yeah, pretty good overall average so still natsuki chronicles but i won't go on about that because we talked about it last week that's the shoot em up mm-hmm. oh one thing i did want to say is that the preferred nomenclature for shooting games these days seems to be stg now i've got a problem with this on several levels right so a 
they're called shmups mm-hmm. or shooters, mm-hmm. right? There's no need to change it. B, three syllables. You might as well say shooting game. Yes. If you're going to say STG. It's not an abbreviation. Also, I had an STG right? once. And that was going to be my other point, is that it sounds far too much like STD. Now, I know, okay, caveat, they're supposed to be called STIs, but who calls them STIs? Everyone calls them STD. An STI is a car. <laughs> Golf make it, don't they, or something? There yeah. you go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fuel-injected sexually transmitted disease. So, That's um, what they get when they get with... No. No. Yeah, not going yeah, that road. No. No. <laughs> no. Best not. So, yeah, it fails on every level. So, call it a shmup, one syllable. Call it a shooter, two syllables. STG, pointless. But, Natsuki Chronicles, shoot great. Up. I, I've always called them a shoot em up I, I, I've never really... Sh- catch, can't, because I struggle with shmup, sh- sh- I have to think about it. I've always called a shoot yeah. em up No, well, that's fine. That's fine. So, what does STG stand for? Uh, shooting game. So, presumably, they're going shoo-ting game. Oh, honestly, it's disgraceful, isn't it? Who, who came up Kids with that? Kids today. Children. That's who came up with it. Little idiots. So, yeah, no. Um, but Natsuki Chronicles is great. So, Lucas is banned from his Xbox for 24 hours. There you go. On behalf of all adults, for all children, Lucas is now banned from his Xbox for 24 hours. That's, he that doesn't sounds even fair. Pl- he doesn't even play shoot em up, so there you Poor go. Poor kid, honestly. Isn't it bad <laughs> enough living with you that he has to put up with these punitive measures? Disgraceful. Well, seeing as he's been my nursing, my nurse for the past two oh, weeks, God. yeah. I feel so sorry for that kid. Anyway, so Natsuki Chronicles, great, but not the primary ones I've been playing. I've been playing Dragon Quest Eleven. I think it is Eleven. Uh, I've never been great with Roman numerals and also eight. Well, XI. Yeah, can't be asked. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Eleven. So, yeah. Thought it was. I know that because of football. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, that's not too bad. Um, I've been playing that on my little handheld, the GPD device, and it's Game Pass, so it's quote unquote free. Uh, I wouldn't have picked it up otherwise. It generally wouldn't have been my kind of thing, but it's pleasant enough. It's they've obviously gone for a kind of Breath of the Wild look. You know, it's very cel shady. It's very colourful. Uh, it's very cartoonish. You know, fun. And it's all right. I mean, it doesn't do anything particularly special. I've only played it for about an hour and a half. But, you know, wandering around villages and levelling up and, uh, yeah, it's okay. It's it's a time waster and very pretty and charming to look at. So, from that perspective, can't complain. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never got on with the, um, the Dragon Quest games. I don't think I've ever given them a fair shot either. Right. Um, so I, there's not really much I can say. It's one I've always gone, do you know what? I fancy giving it a go, but I also know there's a time investment to it that I just don't have at the moment. So yeah. maybe when I'm into my like 50s, 60s, 70s or whatever, and I can see again and I'm retired or whatever, then I might sit down and play one. Yeah, I think they are kind of, for people who are old before their time, it's like if you like wearing uh, <laughs> rugs over your lap when you're sitting down and you've got your slippers on and a rocking chair, they're very much that kind of a game. It's really strange. It's kind of like when RPGs starting to become really popular in the West in the in the mid-90s, then it was like, oh yeah, they're, they're really out there. This whole genre that we've never really experienced properly and oh, wow, well, they do all these things really cleverly. And then, like, you sat down to play them and they got traditional so quick, you know, not just in the way that they played, but in their storytelling, in the in the way that they tell. It's like picture book, kind of childlike, very straightforward. That's what I feel, especially about Dragon Quest. 
So I think there is a difference in the way people in the West consume single-player games compared to those in Japan. In the West, you play an RPG and it's a very solo experience. You play it at home or on your handheld on your own. Whereas in Japan, I think they still play those games, but they play them like that. They'll play them in groups. So, like, obviously, they play them on the train to work as adults and stuff like that. But I think they will honestly sit around all playing like a, like Dragon Quest VI, for example, on a Game Boy. Apologies if that's the wrong game for the wrong system, but whatever. All playing Dragon Quest VI and, and stuff like And I think they chat about it as they're playing it, going, oh, you know, I'm here and I'm, I'm doing this and what, where are you? And they chat normally while they're playing and they make it a very sociable experience. Whereas I don't think we do that in the West. So that's why I think sort of like the RPGs, Whereas like, you look at it and go, oh my God, it's a 200-hour game. Where am I going to find the time? Japanese kids, I think they're going, yeah, we'll find the time because we'll play it in a, in a lunch break or, you know, we'll, we'll go down the park or whatever and we'll, we'll play it there while still chatting and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's no wonder games like that, I think, are still very, very popular and always have been over there and have not struggled in the West, but struggle to be enjoyed in the same way that they are in japan and a very niche over here still right yeah yeah i'd never heard of that before but it does make sense and it would certainly explain how things br- sort of branched off into the pokemon phenomenon mm. where that's entirely about talking to your friends about where you are and then literally swapping characters and stuff i don't know if yeah. they even still do that but they you know back on the game boy they did so yeah no you still yeah. you still do that but right. i mean again over here in the west unless someone tells you specifically no this is a social game we go oh oh no i'll play that on my own thank you or i'll stream it one of the two well yeah <laughs> but also if you were even if you wanted to share it if you went oh god i've got this excellent new game come and look and people would just be like nah you're right <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah yeah there you go so anyway seems to be all right I, I don't know if i'll go all the way through it but it's definitely one that i wanted to play because then also you can when people go have you ever played a dragon quest game you go yeah yeah i have you can pop so, your glasses up and go yeah yeah, yeah. i have played a dragon exactly. quest game thank you very much precisely i didn't think much of it <laughs> on the note of like gaming snobbery i've got all this stuff and like you know obviously like you got decades of experience and played all sorts of genres and if anyone mentions a game you can go yeah oh yeah i've played that but how often do you actually get to like show off how much you've played and it's like you're what you're there desperately waiting for somebody to ask you a question uh about you know oh have you played such and such and you, you just never get that question on it's kind of like you have to kind of preempt it and boast so yeah yeah though no, it's the only other people who will know about that sort of stuff and might ask it are people in your circle who would have played all that stuff anyway. And yeah, it's just, yeah. oh, do you remember this? And, oh, yeah, I played that. Yeah, so did I. You, the chance you're waiting for is someone to go, um, oh, I came across it. Go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've played that in 1994 on its original hardware. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. they go, oh, did you? Wow, really? That, that, that never happens. And no one ever looks and goes, oh my God, you played it on the original? Wow. It's not like going, oh yes, I, I went to see Citizen Kane in the cinema upon its original release. And like, wow, wow, that's, that, that must have been an experience. It's, it's not the same. No. <laughs> it's really funny because it, I, like, I don't feel like that very often. I don't really want to boast. Um, I would like the opportunity to show off my knowledge as any human being yeah. would, but, you know, Ask I don't... The mind. I, yeah, that's a good idea. But, um, 
Yeah, no, it's like when you were a teenager and you like whatever you were into. It's like often it was music, and like you would deliberately do stuff that made you as pretentious and knowledgeable in inverted commas as possible. And like you know, a favorite one was like putting together a mix of bands that you, you didn't even have to like them; you just had to know them and put like one of them more, and put a whole mix of their more obscure tracks on, and then people either have to sort of nod along and pretend that they know who it is or they ask you and you can go well this is such and such a band they were signed to such and such a label in 1984 and uh, yeah there was a lot of I liked them you... before you knew them yeah exactly and I went off them as soon as they became popular which I actually did um, I am very much uh, yeah I, I used to do that but talking of video game knowledge I, was, I, was, I, I did go completely pretentious we was um, we had the chase on last week. I think it was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, um, and a question came came up, and he's gone like my alter ego because people often confuse me with Bradley Walsh. For, like honestly, all the time, I often get people go, oh, "We've got Bradley <laughs> Walsh here." No, I'm not Bradley Walsh. I'm clearly not Bradley Walsh. And they go, "Oh yeah, it's because your names are similar." Well, it's not, is it really? But anyway, um, so anyway, I was presenting the chase, and a question came up. Which of these companies has been around the longest? Microsoft, Nintendo or Sony? And the contestants answered and the chasers answered and the contestants answered Sony. And Brad's going um, along the lines of, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense with the Walkman. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know what? They've been around since the six, from the 70s, maybe. Maybe 80s, but yeah, definitely the earliest. You know, video games are later. And I, obviously, I'm sitting there going, it's Nintendo. They've been around since yeah. the 1800s. Yeah. They was a playing card company, I think you would find. <laughs> And yeah, so it goes through, it's the answer. And I think it was Jenny Ryan who was doing it. She's a big gamer herself anyway. Um, and right. you could see her. She's literally gone. Yes, yes, no, it was Nintendo. And they've been around since the 19th century, originally making playing cards. Almost in that nice. full pretentious way that I was doing as well. I was going, <laughs> yes, me and you, Jenny Ryan, we know video games. Awesome. It's not no, often you that. get to, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's knowledge you can't buy. Yeah. Well, you probably could, but... Yeah, I don't even know what that phrase means. I've heard that phrase before, and I just went, it makes no sense. Of course you can buy knowledge. Yeah. And, so, back to the games. Yeah, sorry, Uh, yes. (laughs) No, it's all right. Um, So, yeah, so, been playing a bit of that. Uh, Yesterday I played a game called Foregone, as in Foregone Conclusion. And that seems okay. Not spectacular. Seems all right. What is it? Well, it is a platform uh, fighting game, so a platform Mm -hmm. action-adventure-style game with light RPG elements, and it's set in this post-apocalyptic future where you're this super being that was supposed to prevent the end of the world and didn't kind of thing, like from a group of them. You know, it's a pretty oft-told kind of sci-fi story. And visually, it's a bit strange. It's it's quite nice-looking, but it's... Very much reminded me of like early '90s Amiga and Euro games uh, in that style. It's kind of got like a heavy brush style of packed screen with tons of parallax scrolling and yeah, uh, yeah. It's hard to describe really, but yeah, it very much gave me that vibe. The I'm not sure if the sprites are pre-rendered. They might be, which is one of my most hated things in the world. We'll have to have a discussion on that at some point. Um, <laughs> you probably end up just being pre-rendered sprites crap but gaming pet heights yeah yeah we should definitely do one of those yeah yeah Yeah. but um 
yeah, they look all right. Uh, a bit odd, but it's okay. Yeah, you sort of you have a, a melee weapon and a shooting weapon. In that style, it makes it play a little bit like... Oh, I'm not going to remember the name of it now. Say, boasting about knowledge, and then mine goes completely blank. That's a good look, isn't it? Um, the the one on the side, yeah, the one on the 360, uh, Shadow something is like a Metroid. Oh, thing. Shadow Complex. Complex, that's it. Yeah, that. it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's quite simple, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that uh-huh. game. That was really good. Yes, it was, and it's it's not like that very much, really. It's just because um, you have a gun, and it. It will lock on to something like in Shadow Complex. It locked onto things in the background as well. Yeah. It doesn't do that here, but it it locks onto stuff, which in a platform game is fairly unusual. Um. So yeah, it, it's okay. It's not bad so far. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be brilliant. It may be suffering a little bit from me having played Dead Cells, which is like one of the best platform games I've played of the last five years. Um. But yeah, yeah, it seems okay. Cool. Do you remember RPG Lite? That that seemed like that was a thing for a while when everything start tried to put in RPG elements into games yeah yeah god I'm dreading when that one comes back full circle I think that's po- possibly why I'm not that enamoured like it's okay yeah. but it's a, no- a little bit annoying because you're constantly getting like the the sort of main it's got like a, a full equipment roster so you, you've got like armour and you've got like you know accessories and you've got two types of weapon so you know, this, the accessories are like split into clothing, rings and necklaces, very much like, you know, Castlevania or, mm. you know, other sort of platform RPG style stuff. And you're constantly having to dip into the menu to go, oh, is that loot more powerful than what I've been using? Oh, yeah, no, it's got a, a plus two DPS increase, uh, but it hasn't got that special where it can cause poison. Yeah. And, you, you know, you're in that loop then always of like, dipping into the menu and knocking the flow back um and it works in some games and it doesn't in others and for this one i'm not far enough in to tell whether it that balance is right but at the moment it's kind of like yeah it's it's acceptable but please don't do it too much no it's uh one of the things that were bad about anthem apparently not that that matters anymore oh really oh well we can talk about anthem in a second but i have no idea how anthem played other than you know destiny ripoff that people call it so is that one of the problems it was like constant loop management yeah from what i understand and i i, I didn't play it because i've just went no nah, this doesn't sound very good i'm not paying money but i watched streams of it and there was a there, like it was a game all about meant to be like action, so like you could fly around the levels to get to places, and that looked really interesting. But you was often in battles, you'd be taken out the flow because you had to go things. It was like almost like four different menus you had to go through to equip items and check items and upgrade. It was just very stop starty in that way, and I, I do believe they improved it at the time at one point. But yeah, no, it kind of killed the flow. You either do it that, do you know what, what you've got's fine for that run, and when you get back to your main base, that's when you'll sort it all. Or you can do very quick, oh yeah, I want this, it's on the fly changes. You know, um, Diablo, and I want to talk about Diablo very briefly in a second, actually. Yeah. Diablo, yeah. I thought, done it quite well. It doesn't matter what you picked up, on the whole, you could get through that particular quest with what you went in with and then go, right, next quest I'm going on, that's when I'm going to see what I've got and you got your surprises at the end. But no, games that make you in and out of menus all the time, ugh, especially on action-y style games, no, that doesn't do it for me. 
Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I, to me, it feels as though some of the indie developers are trying to do a throwback thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, people love these games, so we'll go back and do it again. And there's a there's a thing between, there's like a, a very fine line between stuff that people liked and therefore they kept bringing it forward and stuff that has been improved as quality of life and it's the developer understanding which it is. And I think that you could very easily do a looter thing where, yeah, give, give people that menu, but have the thing where you can just equip and use it immediately if yeah. you don't you know if if you set that up so you can just say in the menu oh yeah now I want new stuff equipped immediately yeah and then you'd get to try out all all the different things and then you could have like a button that you tap to just you know disengage that weapon and return to your previous one and talking about it makes it sound counterintuitive and long-winded but actually in reality, it'd be dead simple, and it'd be like, "No, oh yeah, no, don't want that." Uh, oh god, that's got like a two-second wind-up. No, 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 get out of it. Or you'd be like, "Whoa, this thing's amazing," and you'd stick with yeah. it. So, yeah, quality of life. Dead cells. Yeah. Dead cells. I think got it right. With like, you jump out, you go to a new item that you found, and it pops up. Going, this is what you've got. This is what we can give you. Do you want it? Yeah. Uh, has it got more green than it has red? Yeah, I'll have that. And as well quite right it also um dropped the item that you previously had but you could pick it back up if you wanted it yes yeah yeah i thought that done inventory management really well because it didn't matter again being a roguelite helps because if you don't if you screw it up you go back and you you start again anyway but yeah though that that now that nailed it but in and out of menus um but talking right so diablo Diablo, yeah, because we're going to do a little bit of news because I've been listening to a lot of gaming news as well. So um, I don't know if I obviously didn't mention this last week. I was meant to. But news came out about what's happening with the Diablo 2 remastered or remake edition. I can't remember what it's actually called. Reforged, re, re whatever. Re-something. Anyway, I think they've tried to be clever with the, with the titling. It's coming out on the um, Blizzard store, um, Battle.net, sorry, and on the Switch. Uh, which is good. And what's one thing I always ask for, Stu, when a game comes out on two different systems? That you can have cross-save between the two of them. Yes. Fair play to Activision. There's cross-save between the Switch version and the Battle.net version. Now, I'm only going to pick it up on the Switch this time, ironically enough. Uh, But yes, yes, and yes again. Well done, Activision. Bobby Kotick's still a knob, but well done, Activision. <laughs> Blizzard, sorry. It's something they long well should have done a very long time ago, this sort yep. of thing. It's ten. I could say at least 10 years ago, you know, yes. th- this sort of thing should have become commonplace. Yes, 100%. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, so the death of Anthem as well. I know some people are quite upset about it because there's like five people who still play it. Right. This is good news. Um, for Bioware, you know, for it to happen to Bioware is fine because they're a big enough developer they can they can suck it up and they've got other IP. You know, they can go back to Mass Effect. And no matter what people think of Mass Effect Andromeda, a new Mass Effect's going to pique the interest of everyone. Um, they've got Dragon Quest um, and, and things like that. Now, the death of Anthem is a good thing because... I hopefully think that is the end of everyone trying to make their game a live service. 
um, because Bioware have already said Dragon Age has now been changed. It is no longer going to be a live service game. It is going to be a full single-player experience based on the popularity and the success of Jedi Fallen Order, yeah. the Star Trek game. Um, I love doing that. I love doing that just casually. Oh, it's brilliant. Um, and, yeah, so... The death of Anthem, while sad for those who still enjoy it, and I feel for those people, it is a good thing for the industry mm. um, because I'm hoping that... And obviously, what happened to Marvel's Avengers, the backlash on that, I think we're seeing the end of the live service, every game being one. Yes, yeah, I was going to mention that as well. The Marvel's Avengers is is just killing it all off as well. Um, they're Everything's going to be a roguelike next. <laughs> <laughs> a card-battling <laughs> roguelike. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no it can only be a good thing the end of the live service um again there's nothing wrong with a live service game Fortnite, um fall guys bought by epic by the way recently games like that where it is an ongoing thing i get it it's fine but not every game needs to be it marvel's avengers should have been an amazing single player experience with maybe dropping co-op or something like that at most something like what borderlands did um that's what what that game should have been at most the division i think you know again another game that would work as a really cohesive single player maybe co-op drop-in experience but the live service stuff that it's got to end it's got to end and uh, i think at the uh the performance of marvel's, marvel's avengers the now death of anthem i think we're seeing the uh the the tipping point on that now thank god yeah yeah looks like it so the four guys guys have been bought out by epic have they they have yes this is really weird for me because they've been bought by epic the game was originally published by devolver digital now when i first heard the news my immediate thought went oh christ no please don't say you've bought devolver digital they haven't they haven't they've just bought mediatonic yeah so devolver digital published uh the playstation 4 and steam versions of fall guys um, Epic have now bought it, um, and but there's unsure of who's going to be publishing the Xbox One and Switch versions, um, and what that's going to actually mean. Because are they going to now make Fall Guys a free-to-play game where it's selling cosmetics, a la uh, Fortnite, which is fine because I think Fall Guys is the perfect game to do that. And do I buy it on the Switch, or do I wait to see if it goes free-to-play? Um, and who is actually publishing it? Are the Volvo still going to publish that? Or Epic going to publish that? Because Epic has spoke about it's going to be cross-play with all platforms. So that suggests you'll need an Epic account to sign in, um, as you do on Rocket League and as you do on Fortnite to play across all platforms with cross-progression, all good stuff. But be, yeah, be interesting to see who's publishing that, whether they've bought the absolute publishing rights from Devolver uh, as well. So interesting to see what happens with that. I kind of fell off it a bit. Um, because it meant loading up a PlayStation 4 and I've got way too much to play on the PC to really bother with it. But on the Switch, I might dip in and out if it goes free to play. I'm not sure about buying it yet. Yeah, so we talked about it, um, I think it was at the end of the year, at the end of... uh, When was it? I can't remember. But yeah, we we talked about it and and you said that you hoped Devolver would keep hold of it um, and that they themselves wouldn't get bought out. And I said I thought Fall Guys, I well I thought Devolver Digital were going to get bought out, but I'd certainly thought Fall Guys was going to get snapped up even quicker than it has done. Mm. Um, I'm quite surprised it took so long to be honest. But maybe uh, Devolver were being 
you know, playing quite hard ball with the with Epic along the way to get the price up. Do you have any idea how much it's sold for? I haven't got a clue. Not a clue. Uh, I'm not really bothered about mon- the money side of things. So I don't really pick up on that. And I'm only going to what I heard on other podcasts in terms of the news. Um, and it just descended into uh, throwing mud about Epic Games beyond that, which, you know, I could agree with. They're a big corporate behemoth, but I get free games every week from them and their arrival to Steam. So yeah, I d- we're in a market that allows them to do that. So, so be it. Um, yeah. I'm glad they haven't got Devolver though, because that for me would be um, devastating to lose someone like Devolver to a media conglomerate. Yeah, I, I'm rubbish with business. Oh, again, to potential employers, I'm fantastic with business. But to <laughs> you, just you guys, just secretly, I'm rubbish with understanding business. And like, whenever these things sell, I'm always like, oh, I wonder how much that was. It was probably like 50 million, and then it's like 17 billion or something. So I, yeah, I don't have any idea. And also, I thought that when Microsoft bought the Minecraft franchise, that they well overpaid for it. So that's how that's how (laughs) stupid I am. So don't listen to me on any of this kind of stuff. Yeah, you're you're about as um. Ah, what's that game? That that game? That guy who's meant to be like the financial, like understand all the financials and the insiders. He was on IGN for a bit. Michael something or other, I think. Michael Patcher. There you go. You're our Michael Patcher. Okay. He always yeah. got stuff on. <laughs> That'll be me then, definitely. So, but yeah, you might be able to play Fall Guys. Like the, the ten people who own a PlayStation Five these days, they might be able to play Fall Guys on that at some point as well. I'd imagine. Ooh. Unlocking the full power of the PS Five. Yes. Well, from what I've been hearing, again, just hearing lots of stories. Hearing lots of stories of late, but uh, Microsoft have this solution for their limited storage. Obviously, you do buy a proprietary card. Do you know often like you hear about proprietary cards? <laughs> I've almost feel for Sony here. Sorry to go a bit off off track. It's not. It's unlike me. I know. <laughs> I feel a bit for Sony here because when they brought out their proprietary cards for the Vita, uh, like the Memory Stick Duo, obviously that was used for other bits, and then they brought out the uh, specific PlayStation Vita memory cards. Um, and they was given all shit for it. It's like, ah, oh, that's why it fails. You know, should have used micro SD cards. Why are you using proprietary? So they've now gone sort of like M2. So they've future-proofed the PlayStation 5 with M2. But at the moment, you can only use specific M2 drives. Again, that will change in the future, and it's really fine. But because of that, you can't use an external hard drive for anything other than playstation 4 games on a playstation 5 yeah so you can't download playstation 5 games to it at all now on the xbox they've got proprietary hard drives that you have to plug in right they're the only ones you can get apparently they're only going to be made by microsoft i think that will change down the line but as it stands 100 proprietary and they're expensive but anyway but you can plug in a hard drive and you can play your 360 your xbox your xbox one games off of it But what you can also do is you can download Xbox Series games to it. They will update if there's an update available via the hard drive. And then you can just shift them onto um, onto the internal drive when you want to play them. And apparently it takes like very little time. So it's like... 10 times quicker than like downloaded or the way you used to move stuff about where he's like, ugh, is it really worth it? So it's really quick. I was like, that's actually, and people go, yeah, do you know what? That's fair enough. Stick a four terabyte drive in there, store all the games on there and just move it when I want to play it. And it's like, they've got the proprietary drives and they're getting away with it. Whereas Sony must be sitting there going, 
Are you f***ing kidding me? <laughs> we did that with the PlayStation Vita and we got all kinds of rubbish for that. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. I don't know. I, uh, Yeah, I mean, whatever caused the failure of the, the PSP and the Vita, it wasn't the cards. Uh, I know that they were, they didn't help. But, um, yeah, no, because the, the PS2 had, you know, the, their memory cards... Yeah which were really tiny, had a tiny amount of storage, and they cost an absolute fortune. I think in today's money, they were the equivalent of like 60 or 70 quid. They were that really expensive, and you like got one and hung on to it. megabytes. Yeah, yeah. And um, you could fill them with about six games. It was just ludicrous, yeah. and you hung but on you to But no one batted an eyelid about it. No, no. I used so. to go down the market, and you could buy a memory card with your um, uh, Pro Evolution Soccer... Um, uh, option file on it for about 15 quid game used to sell them as well I don't think yeah. they sold them official no game station game never but you go into game station they'll be like yeah yeah we sell the memory cards yeah. 15 quid yeah, yeah. Like, you get a receipt right, don't go through the till mate <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> well dodgy okay that's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the, but, the black market or the brown market or whatever was yeah much more prevalent before all the internet stuff kicked off those were the days uh, where they, I mean, GameStation bought obviously everything. Um, it didn't matter what you took in games wise, they'd take it. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, Wonder Swamp, we'll take a Wonder Swamp. Don't know what it is, but we'll sell it. Uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color, yeah. Yeah. We, we got a few of those. It was just like, yeah, it was like the Dell Boy of um, video game shops was GameStation. Mm, definitely. Definitely. But yeah, no, it was. Um, that those those were fun days but yeah sony yeah you, you've just got to laugh at them sometimes quite often actually yeah they no matter yeah. how far ahead they are they always seem to like shoot themselves in the foot like that meme of have you seen it of the, like somebody riding a bike and they stick a, a stick in their front wheel themselves yes that's that, that's, that's sony. sony yeah yeah they've not really i mean again you can't fault sony for what's happening to playstation 5 to a degree because of the pandemic so it's not their fault that numbers aren't out there as such you feel that maybe they should have got together with microsoft and just said together look should we just delay for a bit and just we'll both delay come out at the same time so it's as it was uh, so it's not really their fault that they can't keep up with numbers but so they've not really got anything wrong as such with the PlayStation 5 they've done all the right things but it somehow backfired on them I know it's it very is. strange but it th- seems to be like apart from the PlayStation 1 if, you, if they've given their PlayStation an odd number it's just yeah nah it's gonna go wrong yeah but um, yeah we won't uh, yeah we won't beat them over the head yet because we'll see how they do and then production numbers go up but they'll mm. still make millions yeah exactly no billions now isn't it yeah exactly whenever yes. i say millions it's always billions so yeah yes. trillions i don't know so yeah i was going to talk about uh dirt five but we've been rambling on for so long that i'll talk about it next week so that's it for me yeah dirt five i, I was really excited for that but i've heard many bad things so yeah we'll look forward to that next week okie dokie so before we move on just want to talk about um some bits we're just doing changes for moving forward we want more interaction from you whether that be comments, questions, whether it be about video games, mental health, um, your stories, your experience, whether you want to call us out on mistakes. Not that we ever make any, but should you want to call us out, that's fine. Um, Any ideas you've got for us, uh, for the podcast, any stories you've heard, anything like that, we want you to contact us. So we've created an email address, 
and we'll be sure to stick that in any links or, or anything like that. And you can reach us on podcast at mentalhealthgaming.com. That's podcast at mentalhealthgaming.com. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but also, obviously, you can get the uh, the uh, podcast via um, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you can get it. But you can also get it by asking your smart speaker to play the MHG podcast, and it will play magically on your smart speaker. I found that out properly the other week. I think I remembered it from before, but I forgot anyway. But yeah, I listened to it. Uh, they're good. Give them a go. But you can do that. And finally, I know we've kind of not really sort of done much with it. But once I can see again, I am going to do stuff with the Patreon. So what I want to do is just give a shout out to our top tier Patreon producers um, that help keep this show going. So here we go. Thank you too. And that's it. Well done. That That's our Patreon top tier producers. Uh, we haven't got any at the moment, but I'm going to restructure the Patreon again. We're going to try and bring in some more features. Um, and one of them will be, we'll make sure to give anyone who's part of the top tier or the shout out tier, whatever we call it, it'll all be clear on there over the coming weeks. You will get a mention on the podcast or any other shows that, that we produce. But yeah, that's that. Um, and on with the show. So, Stu, before I get going with my week that was, um, anything you would like to talk about? Well, I've been thinking a lot about the end of lockdown or its potential end, mainly kicked off by this government roadmap and the fact that the kids have gone back to school this week. As we said before, speaking on the Tuesday morning and they went back yesterday, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so the end of lockdown feels like it's in sight and I do feel very differently about it than I did at the very first lockdown. Lockdown 2 was a joke, I think we can all, you know, really agree on. Um, but lockdown 1 was pretty strong and, you know, it did some good stuff and it, it missed out on others. I think some lessons were learned that shouldn't have to have been, but, you know, it's the government. And they were putting well into better into place in, in lockdown 3 that we're still in. Um, and at the end of lockdown 1, I was like... Yeah, no, that was fine. I'm going to stick with the the tougher measures, you know, for quite a bit longer, to be honest. I'm going to be very safe and stay out of people's way and constantly be on my alert. And I think when we come out of this one, I'm going to feel a little bit safer. And, and this is even before I've had the jab. And I think it's because seeing how far the numbers have gone down, seeing how many people have actually been inoculated and, and had the vaccine... And just, yeah, just general, the general feeling, really. But because of that, I'm now really antsy. I like, I really want it to be now. Like, I'm not preempting it by going out and doing reckless stuff, like driving too far or, you know, going anywhere that I shouldn't. But inwardly, psychologically, I'm like, oh, God, yeah, no, we're nearly there. Oh, I really need this. I really need to get out. And yeah, no, it's felt, it's felt like it's been piling up on me for the last, you know, few weeks that I, I'm desperate again for my freedom. And it's, ta- as I say, a long time to get to this state. It's like taking a year, basically. But now I'm, I'm champing at the bit and I really want to have my vaccine so that I can, you know, fret about it even less. 
but it's it's a funny phenomenon and everybody has their different stages um at which they it, it becomes a bit too much for them um to be in you know to be in lockdown and listening to well reading people's tweets and stuff and, and watching people on social media's reactions i think people got there a lot some people got there a lot sooner than i did and um yeah i mean you can flourish if it in lockdown to a certain degree if you're the sort of person who doesn't mind being restricted and isn't very gregarious anyway and you know i, I really like people and i like going out and i i sort of I'm very pleasant to people and I like seeing my friends occasionally but I'm not the kind of person who needs to be somewhere talking to people all the time so I wouldn't be like in the pub every week with friends um, but I would want to be like going to the cinema and being in a group of people and just feeling like part of society so yeah I, to be honest I'm not sure where I'm going with it but it just feels like it's about the right time now especially personally um, not sure how you feel about it. Yeah, I think because we're at now the what the one year point, um, almost exactly. I can't remember what the actual date was that the first lockdown. Seventeenth, I think. Was it okay? Yes. Yeah, so we are coming up on the one year point, and I think that's quite significant in the way a lot of people are thinking because one year is a long time. Um, I mean, a few months is a long time when you consider how other countries have handled it and, and things like that. But one year feels like a definitive long time. It's like, wow, a year of our lives we are never going to get back. Um, that we've just literally been stuck to do not much at all. Um, and most people have broken the rule in some fashion, um, very minor. People have gone a bit further afield to go to a different park for a walk, that kind of thing. But yeah, no, a year now, I, I, I want to say, no, I want to stay locked down until this is completely gone. But I've got friends that I, I don't really like going out too much. Um, but I've got friends I haven't seen properly for a long time and I miss them. And I want to be in their presence. I want to sit down and have a cup of t- a cup of coffee. Um, I want to talk to people. I want to just be able to go and see my mum. You know, use the excuse. My mum was able to take me to the hospital the other week, um, and that was a good excuse to be able to see my mum. Um, even yeah. like my sister and my brother. You know, we don't really see each other much. Maybe once or twice a year, as it is, um, because we're not we're a close family and we'll be there for each other. We're not a close family. I want to see my sister. I want to see like me, me, me and nieces and um, things like that. I want to see my brother. I want to see sort of like my other niece. Um, just even for a couple or to pop out. And we done the odd social distance walk when you was allowed to back at some point last year in the summer. Um, and that's passed now. I want to go and sit down in a coffee shop for a coffee and play the switch. I want to... You know, just a, a little bit of normality. And I was one who was quite happy for a bit with being, and you know what, no, I, I, I'll i sit indoors and play games or, or whatever, um, and I'll stay safe, just do the odd bit of shopping. But, yeah, I, I'm done with it now. So, to be fair to Boris Johnson, please don't clip that and use that any other time, okay? Whatever you do. We'll see. Go on. <laughs> um, he's got a lot wrong. He has got a hell of a lot wrong. He's got most of it wrong. But the vaccine stuff, can't fault the government at the moment on this. Cannot fault them. Um, Even with the not sharing it as much, 
can't really argue why they should be sharing it and not giving us as much. It's very hard to argue those points to a degree. It's another debate anyway. So, but, so I'm not going to fault him on the vaccine. And with this roadmap, um, he's been misquoted a lot on this roadmap where people go, and he said, this is going to be the last lockdown and we're never going back into lockdown based on this one because we're following the data. Right. What he actually said was, and this is to be fair to him, he hopes that if we follow this properly, this will be the last lockdown. There's a hope that if we do it properly, he hasn't guaranteed this is not going to be the last lockdown. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of people have taken that straight away. Go, right, we're into the home stretch. Fuck it, doesn't matter. We'll go and do what we want, which is the problem. This 21st of June, is it 21st of June? It is, isn't it? It's meant to be like the um, like the uh, COVID Cup final day. Yeah, I think so. I've got a feeling we're going to overshoot that for a little bit. We know video games, Stu. You know, we've seen this. They've given us a date. It's going to get delayed. We know it's going to get delayed a little bit. Kiss of death, yeah. You know, it, um, but yeah, it's... Um, I think that will slip, not drastically. I think it will go, oh, right, look, we're slightly behind um, because of this, because there's always road bumps. We know this. Um, and, yeah, I think it will slip slightly. Um, and I'm just hoping people can remain patient, but I want it done now. As someone who's not a social butterfly, someone who does like being sort of on their own, I want that being on my own to be my choice, not not because I have to at the moment. Yes, yeah, precisely. There's a very delicate balance between carrot and stick. And I think the government have got... I don't want to kind of go off into a great big anti-government rant, so I'll try and be as balanced as I can. Um, I think the government have done some learning and have got a little bit better at it. And I think the the idea of carrot and stick is quite good. So it should be... um, oh yeah, well, we're not there yet, but these are the measures. And if you behave and follow these measures... You know, then as a society, we can do this. Um, I, I'm not sure that they've quite got the balance right. I think there's a little bit too much carrot and not enough stick. And it's like potty I, training I, a child. It's like, this is what the like the government learning is. They've gone from absolutely just shitting and pissing wherever they feel like to basically only doing it at night in bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think with the, with the vaccine rollout, a lot of that is, you know, even the stock clock is right twice a day kind of thing um and i mm. mainly i i reserve 90 percent of the praise for the scientists uh and then ni- and then nine percent more for the nhs let's say 99 percent for the scientists in the nhs um yeah, oh God, yes. and i think that there's a lot of local authorities who've done very well and there's very little that the government can take credit for but anyway all of that aside Yes, I, I do feel differently about it, and the vaccine has definitely helped. And on a, on a very positive note, I think the way that the that's been developed and the success rate of it has been so much quicker and better than I ever thought it would be. You know, it's exceeded my expectations by a factor of, you know, hundreds. I thought we'd be waiting years for there to be a, a really effective vaccine and the first one we got would only yeah. be like 20 or 30 percent effective maybe 40 and yeah the rollout would be a lot slower and the side effects would be a lot worse and all sorts you know i just know it just based on my experience from developing vaccines in the past you know we vaccines for stuff are not developed very often <laughs> and you know especially not for covid based uh 
but viruses. No, but medical science I, I, is just whatever you think of anything. Medical science is the most amazing thing. I mean, yeah. we've been watching a lot of uh, what I, I've been listening to, but because I haven't got control, I've been listening to sort of like, do you know those um, Channel 5 style documentaries? Yeah. Um, so it's like inside the ambulance, 999, what's in the air ambulance, and 999, we're in the ER, and 999, we're answering your call. And we've been watching a lot of those. And like, like seeing some of the stuff that medical science has done, it's like you can get a spray that you can give someone under their tongue, I think it is. And what that will also allow them to do is open up their arteries temporarily to help delay possible heart attacks while they're on the way to the hospital. It's like... Wow hell what Amazing. and there's another one like the amount of day surgeries we have now that used to be people would have to stay in for like a week and stuff like that they're able to like put people to sleep cut them open do whatever as long as they come out of that anesthetic okay they can send them home that day it's like it's just even my person like the surgery i've had done on my eye it's just that's just amazing that they can do that it is. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that when their backs were against the wall and they had to produce a vaccine they was able to do it as quick as what they did in the end i was doubtful because yeah. of you know the way you do wonder whether governments would get in the way but the scientists the medical professionals they deserve everything they they that, that's coming to them um anything positive yeah, not a one percent pay rise but that's for another day um, <laughs> yes, yes. So it, all of that stuff has, has made me feel really good. And I think feeling good has made me champ at the bit even more yeah. for like wanting to start doing stuff. And you'll notice I'm not saying go back to normal because I know that it won't be going back to I normal. I don't want to go back to normal still. That's the other no. thing. Well, exactly. But um, the things I do want to do, I'd, I'd like to be able to have an opportunity to do them every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The best thing about all this now, though, the whole thing is, oh, you shouldn't think bad of people and stuff like that. You should always think the best of people and all things like that. No, I, I, I disagree. I think it's always funny when our souls get their comeuppance. But it's seeing anti-vaxxers do mental gymnastics and go f almost have full autistic moments. They're going, I don't want the vaccine, but I want to go on holiday. I don't want the vaccine, but I want to go on holiday. I don't want the vaccine, but I want to go on holiday. I don't like Europe, but I want to go Spain. I don't want the vaccine, but I don't like Europe. And I want to go Spain. I want to go on holiday, but I don't want the vaccine. I want, I want to go on holiday. I don't like Europe, but I want to go to Spain. And it's just like just brilliant watching them just like melt down because they really don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. They they, <laughs> they don't understand the irony of their actions. <laughs> At least we can revel in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I go, but we don't get much. Yeah, you shouldn't think like that, but you're a leftist. You shouldn't think like, no, no, no. I get to think that because it's funny. Totally. Oh, you can you, you can go, or you can play both sides if you're a centrist or a liberal, but I am neither of those things. I'm a left, I'm a socialist. You know, yeah. I believe in having rules. I believe in quite strong rules. And I think oh. that you should point and laugh at people who've, who've messed up their own lives out of some hideous, racist, yeah. you know, xenophobic impulse that they had. So, yeah, yeah, let's point and laugh. How can you say you follow these rules, but not these rules? Because I'm a logical human being. These rules make sense. These rules are fucking stupid. That's how I can say that it should yeah, work. Exactly. Don't listen to the government when it comes to Brexit, but listen to what the rules are when it comes to lockdown. Oh, you, you, that's not how it well, No, it is, because Brexit's stupid and they should never allow people to vote for that. And I can believe that. But I can also believe that we should listen to them when they say, 
don't leave your home so people don't die. <laughs> Yeah. You're doing the exact opposite. You're going, oh, listen to them. Listen to, like, don't listen to the experts. Listen to the government when it comes to Brexit. But then you're turning around going, oh, don't listen to them when it comes to safety. So, you know, you're doing the exact same thing. It's just I can point and laugh at you. Yep. Yep. That's precisely. So, yeah, I mean, that's all I, I wanted to say on it, really, that I'm just, yeah, desperate to, yeah, go to a coffee shop. I think the most is driving somewhere. Um, beautiful and having a good walk around because you know spring is coming yeah. and i'm desperate to do that so yeah can't wait yeah i mean the worst thing i mean our move to liverpool's delayed now because of all this um and the way that the housing like the rental market is everyone wants guarantors um like you cannot find anywhere that does not want a guarantor Blimey. at the moment and they're asking for quite a lot of upfront rent even with a guarantor so our moves off for a bit which is which is gutting um, so we're going to look for somewhere on the housing down in Chelmsford. But the good news is we're getting a Tim Hortons in Essex. What, what's that? Coffee shop. Oh, right. A Canadian coffee shop. Very cool. Tim Horton used to be a former ice hockey player. Um, and he, he then started a coffee and bake shop in Canada and it grew from there. Because of my connection to ice hockey, it's like, yeah, excellent. I want that. There you go. As soon as we're allowed then we are back up north. Yeah, yeah, it's changed a lot of things, but you roll with the punches, don't you? So, yeah, to move on, um, I'm still recovering from eye surgery. Um, and there has been improvements. Um, everything's still really blurry. Anyone who uses Photoshop um, will get this reference, but I've gone from probably like a 29-pixel Gaussian blur, and I would say I'm now around a 20-pixel Gaussian blur. Uh, and it was doing like to and fro bits and uh, it was, uh, some stages like it was improving and then it seemed to go backwards and I was like, no, don't panic. So whatever you do, do not panic. Um, I can, as of this morning, as of recording, I woke up and there's a mirror in front of our bed on the wardrobe. And I could almost, I could work out like my shadow in a reflection in the mirror for the first time. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's really good. And like I'm sitting here at the computer, and for the first time, I can see like a, a, a blurry silhouette of my mic and a blurry silhouette of the of the monitor. And I've just knocked down my webcam because where I was touching the monitor. Um, so I'm starting the vision starting to come in, and my peripheral vision, like if I move my hand like to almost to sort of like towards the back of my head. I can, my fingers seem quite clear. Still a bit blurry, but quite clear. Yeah. So it's healing from, well, the vision's coming back from, like, obviously behind the eye towards the front. Yeah. So there's daily improvement, which is fantastic, because I did hit a point where I was going, oh, crap. Is this what my vision's going to be like from now on? Is it not going to improve beyond this? Uh, but no, it seems to be continuing to improve, which is really good. Still not enough to be able to, like, play a game or watch TV properly or, or anything like that. Still moving forward, which is just yeah, thank God for that. I was I, I did get worried, but it is continuing to improve. Great, good news. It is. Anyway, so yeah, I'm hoping that the end of lockdown is nigh. Really looking forward to it. And in the meantime, for yourselves, if you want to just entertain yourself with our content, you can. There's plenty of it. Make sure you go to the website, follow us on Twitter, and look at our stuff on YouTube. If you want to contribute, as Brad said earlier on, we're actually revitalising the Patreon soon, but we are on Patreon if you want to submit some cash there. And also, you know, you can drop us some cash on coffee. But otherwise, just take care of yourselves and have a good week. Until next time, stay safe, 
Stay safe and goodbye.